Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Man on the Post podcast. I'm Greg, I'm sitting in for Ross for the week, who's not feeling particularly well. He's a bit under the weather, bless him. Um, he's got, got the sniffles. He's got the sniffles, hasn't he? And after Leeds won as well, he must be devastated. He never gets to talk about a Leeds victory. I don't he's not really a Leeds fan. He's, he's probably depressed that they won. That's probably why he's not on it. <laughs> yeah. He revels in them losing. That's why he's been hosting so much this year <laughs> um, but as you can hear I've got some people here with me I've got I have got Adam hello I've got Tom hello and I've got Colin as well hi there and what we're going to start off with is seeing as it's the Oscars tonight when we're recording whilst you're listening it's probably already happened but what we're going to do is we're going to pick a footballer who's going to star in a remake of a famous film so who wants to start me off I want Colin to go first. Go on, Colin. <laughs> okay, so so the film that I've chosen is um, Catch Me If You Can. Do you remember this film? Uh, originally cast with with Tom Hanks, who who's chasing down um, Leonardo DiCaprio. Who are you not making a remake of a remake? Yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> That's how Hollywood's going now, Colin. Don't worry about it. Let's move on. Uh, so. Um, so anyway, uh, Hanks is chasing DiCaprio um, because DiCaprio is basically a major fake. Um, so I'm going to keep Tom Hanks, but in the DiCaprio role, I'm going to replace him with Tim Sherwood. Ooh, <laughs> that's a burn. <laughs> Someone get Timmy some aloe vera. I don't. I'd have gone with Olivier Giroud just for someone as handsome as Leo. But the whole fake thing wouldn't have worked then, would it? No, you're because, right, yeah. Yeah, Giroud's quite good. Um, but yeah, Tim Sherwood for me, starring role, catch me if you can. I like it, good start. That sounds like Oscar bait to me. Um, <laughs> Adam? Uh, I, I'm going to... Uh, mine's risky, because I haven't seen the film in question, so there's a chance this might be highly offensive. But... I'm going to recast. It, it fits perfectly. It's not going to need any explanation. And the person in question already won an Oscar. I'm going to cast Stuart Downing in the film My Left Foot. Stuart Downing's won an Oscar? No. <laughs> well, he does have a left foot, so it exactly. works on that front. Hey, Tom. I'd, I'd like to cast Lee Catamo as, a, as John McClane in Die Hard, just to see if he really is a hard man. That's that's the ultimate test of whether you're a hard man. Can you fight be... off hundreds of angry Germans? Who would be your footballing Hans Gruber? Oh, that's a tough one. Or maybe maybe you could put Lee Catamore and Joey Barton against each other. That would be a battle for the ages. Cinematic epic. Tom's turned this into celebrity death match. 
I'm I'm a bit I've got it down narrowed it down to two. You, you've been burdened with knowledge here, Greg. I have, you know yeah. Too much about films. I know too much, um, and I'm I've decided that I'm making remaking American Psycho. Now at the, I've got I've whittled down the the gone through all the auditions. I've whittled it down. I've got it down to two, and we're looking at there's two very different ways we can take this film. And for Patrick Bateman, I'm looking at either Oliver, um, Oliver Giroud or Nigel Pearson. That is two very different ways. Yeah, because you've got the you've got the looks for Olivier, haven't you? And then you've just got the psychotic, <laughs> glazed eyes of Nigel Pearson. So if anything, Kalina. what about Kalina, the old Italian ref? No, he wouldn't. He would. I don't think he'd work as Patrick. I, so I, I am gonna. I'm, the more I think about it, the more it's got to be Nigel Pearson. We're, we're talking about a man who managed to unfire himself. Hmm terrifying and i can imagine it's not all in his head either it would all happen imagine nigel pearson throwing naked throwing a chainsaw down a flight of stairs <laughs> he'd, he'd do his own stunts wouldn't he yeah he would with a real chainsaw so yeah i've decided it's definitely pearson i can't wait to remake this <laughs> right I, I imagine greg you're the director I imagine having to tell him that it, that take wasn't good enough I'd be, he would get it. He'd get it every time, wouldn't he? <laughs> you just have to work with the what yeah. you've got in editing. <laughs> there wouldn't be a lot on the editing room floor, would there? Just keep it all in. <laughs> um, right, good start. I enjoyed that. Right, where where do we begin with actual football happenings? Um, so what? Let's start at Stamford Bridge. Uh, Chelsea won. Burnley won. Big shock of the weekend, and a bit of controversy as well. So, Chelsea went one up for Ivanovic in the first half. Ben Mee equalised fairly late on. But there was a couple of talking points that came out of this game as well. Who wants to start us off? My big talking point was in goals on Sunday, they're mixing their bananas with their regular fruit in the fruit bowl. Um, we all know that's dangerous. Yeah, it's going to make the other fruit go off. It is, yeah. And if anyone didn't see goals on Sunday this morning, it was impulsive viewing of Jose Mourinho shouting at Ben Shepherd for a couple of hours. I, it was great fun. It was a, it's better than watching a rerun of Back to the Day and listening to Alan Shearer, isn't it? I mean, I, I haven't actually seen this, but within the same studio, or was Jose somewhere else? Were they? No, he was actually the, a guest on the program. Oh, he was on the sofa. <laughs> Yeah, Whoever, he was on the other, on the sofa. Whoever booked him is in big trouble, I think. Did Ben Shepherd cry? <laughs> no, but I think Ben Shepherd did quite a good job of standing his ground. It was Kamara that always disappointed him. Yeah, yeah. Sat there yeah. like his naughty schoolboy. See, he'd wet himself in the corner. Yeah. But um. So what well, was Jose so angry about? But he had some points, though, didn't he? <laughs> he did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think he had a point or two. I think that um, he was perfectly entitled to, to think that Chelsea should have had two penalties, that Ashley Barnes should have had a red card, and that uh, shouldn't have even, maybe perhaps, depending on your point of view, shouldn't have even been there to get Ivanovic sent off. It was a, a horrible tackle on um, Matic by Barnes, wasn't it? And it was Matic's reaction... 
that got him sent off, but you can you, you can understand. You can't do that. You can understand why he did that. Did it? Though. No, you can't. I don't think you can. No, that, I that could be a that could be a career ender. But you're a professional. Yeah. Hate at the moment. If, if you get tackled like that every game and reacts like that, that's ridiculous. He, I mean, it he, wasn't, knows, he knows he's going to get sent off. What's he doing? To be fair, it was a push. Let's not you react and make it out like he's you know what Barnes did was a lot worse, a lot more dangerous. Yeah, but and he's yeah. not the one that's been sent off. You know, man. Not Matt even, knows not, as soon as he does that, he's getting sent off. You can't do that. Not even yellow carded. Yeah, not that's the bad thing about it. who was who was the ref in this game. Michael At, Oliver. It was Atkinson. Was it? Oh no, Michael Oliver was. He he's annoyed Mourinho. Recently yeah, he bought well. he just brought that up again in his yeah. in his dialogue. Um, did they? Because I didn't see, I didn't watch much of the day. Did they do the um, the classic bit where you know when they show someone getting a yellow card because you know now know that they're going to get sent off? Did they show um, Barnes's first challenge when he sticks his leg in in Ivanovic going for that yeah. header in the first half? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's nothing. Other... That was nothing. You think that's nothing? Uh... Oh. I think that was absolutely nothing. I've jumped for a header. I've heard people jump for a header like that, and you just get caught. It wasn't. He's, he wasn't look, looking at Ivanovic at any point. He's just jumping, and he's jumped awkwardly to try and I win th- it. I've, I, I, I don't put much into ever thinking whether about someone's looked at someone. If you know where they are, and you're just going to stick your knee in there, how much do you need to? You don't need to. You don't need some sort of minute target. You just stick your knee in there and know it's going to do some damage, don't you? He must know that he's going to be being tightly marked. So he knows oh. if he's going to throw himself about limbs around, then he's going to catch something, isn't he? I, I thought there was something in that, which is what I think makes it even worse, because it, it it makes it the case that even if you... Even if there's something wrong with you and you don't think that the second challenge is a straight red, then you should be off anyway. Because I think that's definitely a second yellow card for me. But... It was just, uh, as Jose said in goals, goals on Sunday, you could see, you could see a situation where potentially, as he as he thought it was a red card, and you could have Burnley down to ten men, and Chelsea being three goals up if they'd got the penalties that he thought that they deserved, and he's come away with it with only a point, and you can see why he feels hard done by. Do, do you not think? I mean, I agree with you, Adam. I think there was I think there was malice in the the Ivanovic challenge and. Do you not think that maybe Ashley Barnes went onto the pitch that day out to hurt someone? Because he he knew what he was doing when he was putting that challenge in on Matic, didn't he? I think so. So, I mean, if he's gone out with the sole purpose of, right, someone's going to get it today on the Chelsea side, that's pretty pretty awful, I, really. I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't think anyone goes out to do that. Well... Maybe one exception, Roy Keane, but you I don't think he's. I don't think so because even when, even Hold on, on Tom, Tom section, are we not going to talk about Jerry Barton later? <laughs> that was that was well funny. Even <laughs> even hilarious. Even with that challenge on Matic, he wins the ball first and follows through. It's just heat of the moment. It's a straight red, probably. He yeah. doesn't. He doesn't follow through. He goes over the top of the ball and no, gets he gets. Half- he, he kicks the ball. And then carries on going, but I don't well, think you can say he's thought he was doing that for. The, he's been thinking of doing that for seventy minutes. 
Well, where, where are we now then? Has it, the referee hasn't seen it, so does that mean it goes to the FA panel and they decide on, on whether it's a three-match ban? It depends whether it's in the report or not. Which is what... Um, which, is, which, is, which was one of the incidents where, um, where, where Cammy originally wet himself because that was when um, Jose was asking them if... Matic was going to get a free game ban and Costa was going to get a free game ban, what this tackle was worth and how many games do you think it was worth? And um, Kamara's answer was just that. Completely didn't get the question from someone speaking in a second language and went, uh, d- 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 depends if the referee saw it or not. It's a, a good point for Burnley. You know, they're, uh, they're dirty striker aside. A uh, good point for Burnley, wasn't it? And you know, that's you know, two points they've taken away from trips to Stamford Bridge and the Etihad so you know, there's no sign of them giving up the fight is there that's it they're scrappers they've got something about them unfortunately it seems to be like you know that often it when they have something about them it's when they've gone down by a goal or two and then they sort of they fight back but at least they've got a bit of fight we'll come on to the other other guys at the bottom as well but at least they have got that sort of that's sort of that camaraderie to actually put in a shift as opposed to, well, I'll just say it now, Aston Villa and Leicester, who are toilet. Elsewhere, up at the top, Manchester City disposed of a woeful Newcastle 5-0. And it really was woeful from the first moment from Newcastle with a... 28 seconds in. 28 seconds, two touches of the ball, and they've given away a penalty. And it was you know, downhill from there, really. A, a, a very calmly taken penalty as well. Oh, I quite because of the way Tim Krull acted in the World Cup against Costa Rica and all his penalty antics. It was nice to see him giving it out and then being shown up to be a bit of a mug. <laughs> and um, a, the personal favourite for me was um, Jacko's goal with the third. Oh, was just what a take! It's just beautiful, wasn't it? It was just everything was in one fluid motion. Um, and as you said, Newcastle were absolutely dispatched. It was like they, you could, it was like they just, not only did they, were they, did they go a couple goals down very easily. You just, you could watch, it was like watching the spirit leave, leave a dead body. Just, there was no fight in them at all. Now you could imagine that, well, you'd hope that Carver would have sent them out there saying that they've got Barcelona in a couple of days. You know, get a, get amongst them for the first fifteen twenty minutes. You know, quite in the crowns, take it from there. But they really just went out with a whimper, didn't they? It ran. <laughs> Shearer was apoplectic on match day, wasn't he? Well, you'd imagine he would have been like, "Keep it tight. Let's let's not let them be able to take Aguero off after sixty minutes for, <laughs> and rest him for Tuesday." Yeah, but that it does. No, on Newcastle and Barcelona are very different prospects, but it does, you know, with the the recent run they've been on the City where they haven't been completely convincing at home, a nice tonking of Newcastle. And it sets them up fairly nicely for that um visit of Barcelona. I I I still think they're gonna take an absolute beating. Did you that Barcelona are up? Albeit that a loss to Malaga 
um, yesterday aside, they've been in some, some sparkling form themselves, and I don't, I, I don't know about you, but I still don't trust Mangala, so watching him against Neymar Suarez and Messi could be fun. <laughs> but they've got the only other way back. Which makes all the difference for them. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think that their, uh, their run of not winning at home since January 4th and um, Torre going to the African Cup of Nations was a coincidence. Let's go to South Wales, where Louis van Gaal's Manchester United were beaten by Gary Swansea 2-1 after they came from behind. Um, goals from Key and uh, a fairly lucky Gomez goal. Um, like, Cancelled out Ada Herrera's lovely opener. But it's, um, you know, Swansea keeps surprising under Monk and United. You know, it's difficult to say that they've been faltering, considering that they have been winning games recently, but things aren't looking particularly rosy there at the moment, are they? They haven't been winning games convincingly, have they? They haven't been good winning games. They've been sort of scraping through against average teams. I don't. I don't think they've played well a single game well all season. No, I'd say there was against um, Arsenal at the Emirates. They were that was a, a classic away performance. But other than that, you can't think of a, a vintage United performance, can you? No, and you start to wonder whether, um, not necessarily whether he, he absolutely had them to begin with, but I think Van Gaal's starting to to lose sections of the um, the British press as well. Hmm. I think as soon as the dossier is revealed, that's what they they start to think they've won, then don't they? Yeah, that's um, the same happened with Benitez, didn't it? When he uh, <laughs> cut out his dossier, there's a possibility he's, he's becoming a bit of a figure of fun, and you know, possibly people might start to take the Mickey out of him a little bit. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, if you're Manchester United, what do you do now? Because I mean, th- it looks like they're going to splash the cash next season. Um, and spend big, I presume you, you just trust him with the money, don't you? You've got to, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't get rid, can you? You, who, you who's, can't. Who's he going to be replaced by, and has he really done anything so bad that he deserves uh, the boot already? Well, you could look at it that he could. they could still finish in the Champions They qualify for the Champions League. If they've done that without playing well, does that not is it not almost comfort? You, you can almost take some comfort from it because it does lead to the, well, what happens if he, when he gets this team playing well? Which is yeah, obviously, yeah. obviously that's an if, if he can get this team playing well. But I just, I, he doesn't know what his, he still doesn't know what his best side is or his best formation. It's baffling. No, it's, and the, the type of players that he's got, he's got quite, you know, the likes of, Rooney, Herrera, Di Maria, they, they're all players that should be capable of moving the ball quite quickly, but he insists on this slow possession game, and it's that's the thing that's not suiting United at the moment, and that coupled with the fact that he doesn't know his best team, or you know, who he should have up front, or whether he should have a back three, back four, they're all, all these things are just coming together, and that's culminating in the results where they're scraping wins, or they're going to places like Swansea and losing. It'll be interesting to see how how they how they go in this next little bit of the season now, though, because this is where 
you would expect them to have the advantage because we there's the is it how many British teams six 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 teams playing European football as yeah. opposed to, as opposed to Man United obviously one of those is Everton so they're not posing them any <laughs> any any concerns but that should give them advantages especially if they're playing games against these teams but even just then you this is when they need to not be dropping points because this is when the chances of Arsenal or Liverpool putting out slightly weakened teams and maybe not coming away with all three points week in week out is is going to be there for them so they they need to to cash in well yeah the, the top, at the top four it's getting very tight game there's you know from Tottenham in seventh to Arsenal in third there's um no I think is it three or four, four points. points four points separating them so it's um it could go either way and if United don't sort things out fairly sharpish because they've you know let a 12 point gap between them and Liverpool already slip this season which you know they can't continue to do things like that yeah well this was uh, this weekend's fixtures the results turned out very well for Arsenal in the end it did yeah and speaking of Arsenal they won 2-1 at Selhurst Park with what seemed to be fairly comfortable up until towards the end with them a Cthulhu penalty in the eighth minute and Giroud getting another to put them tuning up in the first half and then Glenn Murray got a, an injury time winner it was all a, a bit little too late for for Palace but a good win for Arsenal you know, a, a place that is has always been tough for you know, the big guns to go to I've, I think for Arsenal typically struggle in away London derbies as well so, um, you, even if you see them get and take an un, unspectacular single goal, um, single goal victory, which is exactly what this is, that they'll, they'll think that a good result away to a, a fellow London team all the time because the opposition's always really up for those games, and ju- just when they're they're looking ahead to to play in Monaco midweek as well. So, I, f- I think they've. They've done everything that Arsenal Wenger would have wanted them to do. It's eight wins in nine matches now. Is there any um, example of dropping points coming at White Hart Lane? Um, This is the type of year, kind of part of the year, where they kick into gear, isn't it? The uh, Arsenal, where things typically come together or unravel. It's normally a bit later than this, isn't it? Isn't this normally when they're in a horrid run of form? And they're about to play. They're about to play um, Bayern Munich, and we think they're going to get absolutely thrashed. Then they get knocked out of Europe and go into this terrific run of form. Well, with the, the um, upcoming tie against Monaco, very winnable. Do we think that could, uh, if a Champions League run were to materialise, do you think that could derail their top four bid, or do we think they've got enough strength and depth? Is it very winnable or is it a, a hilarious new way to get knocked out of the Champions League? Well, I wouldn't put anything past Arsenal. <laughs> I don't think anyone, any of us could. But, you know, if they, if you could have, if Arsenal could have cherry-picked a tie before the yes, draw, it would be no. this one, wouldn't it? Um, I agree. So, and this one gives them the best opportunity to progress. So it could be interesting whether they do progress and then pick up the likes of Basel or Porto in the next round and suddenly there's a 
know, a real opportunity, whether that can have a Champions effect. League semi-final, yeah. Yeah, wow, imagine that at the Emirates. You, you just get the feeling that Arsenal, with the form they're in, they're going to get a top four place. So it seems like everybody else is probably fighting for that last place. But you're in danger of being a bit of a prisoner of the moment, Colin, because if you think back, we all know that Arsenal are very capable of putting on these patches of form, but they never sustain it. They're also very capable of putting on the complete opposite patches exactly. of form, where they're a bit of a shambles. True, true. But then... And as, Greg, as Greg's already said, there's only four points in it, so there doesn't need to be much of a shambles for them to all of a sudden be in seventh in the table. Yep. All I'd say is on current form, they are the highest performing team in all the top four flights of English football, together with Leeds United. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um... Rarified air for Arsenal and that kind of company. <laughs> Should we stick with the, the race for the top four and discuss some of Sunday's games? We'll um, take a trip down to the south coast where Liverpool came up with a, a lovely professional away day performance and uh, 1-2-0 against Southampton with goals from a lovely goal from Coutinho, a real proper hit that dipped and swerved and then went into off the bar for good measure, and then Raheem Sterling got a, a goal to seal the game fairly late on. It's, it hurts me because Coutinho is fast becoming one of my favourite players. It's just everything about he's just aesthetically beautiful the way he plays the game. He just glides along the pitch. It's almost yeah. as though his boots don't touch the ground. Exactly, yeah. Um, and I, you can appreciate how how much that upsets me. Um, I just the game was a for me maybe the game was just a bit of an anticlimax just because of how well the how brilliant the first like three and a half minutes were. Yeah, I saw someone say on Twitter saying that it was the equivalent of the, an album and the first track's brilliant, but the rest of it's a bit of a nonsense. <laughs> and um, like it... a lot a lot happened in the first five minutes, and then it kind of just spiraled. The conditions got worse, and it just spiraled into. Liverpool well, as we, defending and then hitting on on the break. As we both watched, I watched most of it, and you've watched all of the game. What did you of that first? Well, the first three penalty claims. What did what did you think of them? I thought the first one was a, a dive. Yeah, he's gone down without any t- contact. Yeah, um, I don't think it was a. a yeah, okay. I yeah, think agreed. The, the second one, Kevin Friend, uh, the worst official in <laughs> in England. Um, He's, uh, I think he's panicked because there's been a, there's a, there is that is a penalty and it's yeah it's, it's like a foul and then someone so quickly after the last one uh, yeah and then he's panicked because he hasn't given the last one and then that foul happens and the play continues and they almost score so I think he's he's almost like forgotten <laughs> when it even happens um so that was I thought I thought that was probably a penalty but you know I'm not really too fussed that he didn't get it am I um. What was the third one? The third one was the Liverpool penalty claim. Oh, what? Um, on, Quanton um, Ibe. Yeah, it? the one where Sky Sports completely lo- completely lost their nut and started saying that it was the, it was the most blatant penalty ever. It's almost like he, they got Jamie they, Carragher into the commentary box. And then they watched it back and he got the ball. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, that probably. But I still penalty, see no. people on um, on Twitter claiming that it's a, an absolute stone wall blatant penalty for me. Is that is that from Liverpool logic by any chance? <laughs> no, these are maybe not normal people. You never know, but they weren't set up as parody accounts for a start. Kevin Kevin Friend didn't endear himself to the home crowd, did he? There was also the mini lay handball. That was difficult, though. That was tight. That was because I, what, on, you know, watching it live, you think, oh, I think he's got away with one there. Then yeah. You, you slowed it down, and you saw that it's, he's chested it, and then it bounced up and hit the top of his arm. Yeah, you I completely agree with you. On first, when you watched it at full speed, first of all, I thought, oh, he was lucky there. But then when you see, when you see it in that slow motion, and the the referee's not going to be the person to judge the linesman is, and the linesman has no chance of sprinting the. 30 yards to get in line with it and it was the opposite um I mean they was facing away from the linesman who was on the opposite side so i don't think he would have been able to say for definite whether it was you know he'd used his hand or his arm yeah, exactly um but liverpool they're starting to look like a team aren't they last year you could have argued that they were you know, relying heavily on suarez but has brendan rogers started to Build an actual team of eleven. Well, I wasn't won't quite go as saying as far as eleven good footballers, but <laughs> no, um, he's he's got a an interestingly set up team playing well, and it's fairly interesting viewing a lot of the time. They're either on the verge of complete catastrophe or perfection, all in one fluid motion usually. Um, I tend to agree with you. I think he has. He has some um, some problems facing him because he he said that he the reason he didn't play start Daniel Sturridge today is because he's protecting him. But you wonder whether he sort of stumbled upon a way where he's got Liverpool playing, but that doesn't involve Daniel Sturridge, and now he feels that he has to incorporate him back in, mm. and whether that's going to cause him some problems. And I still think as much as they've become much more defensively solid in the last I, I, I don't know what the record is or probably six seven games at least um which seems to have coincided with the, the move of playing Emre Chan at, at right centre back he's not going to be the long-term solution there so I I don't think that those problems have gone away forever no Skirtle still looks like he's about to drop a clanger at any moment um, when 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 I've seen Sacco play recently, he just looks so um, he looks like an, an absolute accident waiting to happen on the ball. That, that he could be caught out with it, caught out out in possession at any time, which is that's the way that Brendan Rodgers is going to tell them to play. But with with Sacco playing it, it just seems dangerous. And with Chan not being a natural centre back, there are. It could unravel, but it could continue being you know, fairly successful. I think what we're trying to say is anything can happen <laughs> with, with Liverpool. Um, Southampton, we'll quickly touch on them. Another blank in front of goal. I think that's three in a row at home. Um, it seems to have coincided with Pella so hitting a horrible run of form. And then not buying another striker in the January transfer window. Well, I can't remember what I was. I was listening to something, but that remind it, 
some podcast I listened to reminded me that they even had Jay Rodriguez, and but that he might not play again this season. Yeah, which is a big blow for them. And you think when he does come back, that uh, a Potocino might be sniffing around <laughs> on the case for him. Do we think that their top four dream is over? Um, not necessarily. But with the you know with the you know Arsenal being looking fairly good, the resurgence of uh, of Liverpool, and then you'd expect the certain standards of United. And we're not taking Harry Kane into account in that either. I think it's fading. I do think it's fading, but. Uh, at the same time, they have the same pluses that Manchester United have. That they don't have any. They don't have any European football. That, that's, just, that does have a big effect as well, Adam. It does, and you can also say that while they've had they've had these results and um, and Pella's not been performing, they've also been without their best player. So, and Schneiderlin came back for them for the second half today. So. You could you could see Schneiderlin slot back in, and it could see a return to form immediately. That's what the Southampton fans will be hoping for. Okay, we'll round up, round off the the top half of the table with the um, clash at White Hart Lane, which finished Tottenham two, West Ham two. I'm not sure how many of us saw that. I I managed to catch it, but who else yeah, did? Just you, unfortunately, Greg. I think just me. It was West Ham very good for 80 minutes. And then unraveled slightly. Adrian had a bit of a shocker for the for the Danny Rose goal. And then what I think is a fairly controversial penalty. You can watch it on Match of the Day too later on and judge it for yourselves. But I think Harry Kane's a little bit guilty of going over before there's even contact. I tried to find... I couldn't even find a vine of it on Twitter. So I think Daniel Levy's um, hid, you know, you know, bought the internet. Hang on, I found a YouTube link here. He's going over before he gets touched. That's desperate, really, isn't it? If that's not if that's not the last minute, he's not going down there. No. But then you could also argue he's done what a strike has to do. What dive? <sighs> has he felt contact? That, I think uh, he's already going. He's already going down. He's already decided. But that is, the contact is. Is sort of a hand, a hand to the stomach, but that doesn't make his legs fall over. His legs, he just like collapses his legs. Well, it looks like a blatant dive to me. But the, the thing to remember is that we we are talking about England's Harry Kane here. You know, he's 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 the poster England's boy, right. absolutely, and he's not that kind of player, is he? You know, he's. he's... Um... No English players ever are, are they, Colin? No, 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 no. Well, apart from English players, don't dive. If you're Wayne Rooney, then or, uh, you get chastised for throwing yourself out of way of a six foot seven lump of a keeper. But Sam Allardyce has got to be doing his absolute nut there. What what is Alex Song doing? Yeah, Alex Song, as much as Harry Kane has, as much as Harry Kane's gone over, what? Why is Alex Song draping himself over him like that in the last minute in the penalty box? It's such a shame because Alex Song had a very good game. You know, all of, and so did Koyate of West Ham as well. They were all. West Ham deserved a lot more and should have had a lot more. Scored a couple more as well. It was for the first 80 minutes, Spurs were being very Spursy. 
Right, should we quickly touch up or, you know, get over the, all the other um, Premier League games from this weekend? We'll quickly start with uh, Tactics Tim's home debut for Villa, where they lost to a, what was a, a last-minute penalty. You couldn't really argue against that one, could you? Um, have you seen? Have you seen? Um, have you seen him being called out on all his lies? No, I haven't. Uh, he um, uh, there was some sort of um, some sort of thing that was doing the rounds on on Twitter a couple of weeks ago, and it was um, not a couple of weeks ago, sorry, a couple of days ago, and he was uh, it was um, he'd said apparently when he was a Tottenham manager that um, he'd seen he'd seen Christian Eriksen playing against England at Wembley in so-and-so and he'd always thought he was a brilliant player and he's rated him ever since that day and he told Daniel Levy to go buy him only to find out that Christian Eriksen then came out and said he's never played at Wembley um, he then said when he joined Aston Villa he then said that um, he was cut, he, he was happy that they could start scoring goals because um, they had Christian Benteke and whenever Christian Benteke played against his Spurs team he'd always caused him problems only to for um it to be proven that Benteke's never played against Spurs manager <laughs> under Tim Sherwood. Ooh. He's just he's just a pathological liar. He's gone to the Harry Redknapp Academy of Management, hasn't he? <laughs> no real tactical acumen and telling lies at every other press conference. <laughs> Catch me if you can. He's a fake. Yeah. Actually, they did they did score a goal though. Yeah. That's more than most. He said in his interview after wins that they can they can't take any positives from the match. They scored a goal. They never score goals. <laughs> he needs you in charge of his PR, Tom. Yeah. I don't want that job. That's too a much, tough job. Too much fact checking necessary. <laughs> no, I actually hope that Tim Sherwood does do a job there. And, and gets Villa out of the mire, but I think that's exactly where they are right now. And <sighs> someone as experienced as Ron Vlar maybe should have just given up because he's miscontrolled the ball, hasn't he? And then he's tried to make up for it, and he's took the guy down. It was, he was never going to get close to him, was he? To the ball. Um, and maybe someone who's, you know, that that sort of standards should he just say right okay well just let him go I mean it's I don't know I don't know what's going through Ron Vlaar's mind probably why does he play for Aston Villa (laughs) (laughs) yeah I don't want to go to the championship (laughs) if I get sent off I won't have to play one of the games okay so Villa uh, in the uh, in the mire QPR they went to uh, Hull things looked rosy for a little bit then Joey stuck his neck in, or his hand in. It was like this if we were, occasion. If we, we now were, they're back in the mire. If you're putting Joey Barton in a film, he could, it was like that punch to the bollocks or something out of the Inbetweeners movie. <laughs> it was quite funny, wasn't it? It was what made me laugh is when Tom Huddleston admitting that um, Premiership footballers do that every day in training <laughs> in, in his post-match interview. <laughs> I like, did you see just did you see Tom Huddleston's face when it actually happened? I've never seen someone look so surprised. Yeah. He, he didn't know what to do, did he? He's just there, yeah, fresh he's punched my cock. <laughs> There's no words. That's that's out of all of Joey Parton's was it ten sentences off now? Nine? That's that's well, the apparently funniest. before that game he'd been booked in seven games in a row as well. 
That's a Premier League record. Oh, no, that can't be. I'm currently watching Lee Catamore on my screen. I can't believe that that's a Premier League record. That, that's going. That's probably because of Lee Catamore. No, Lee, Lee Catamore gets sent off. He doesn't I get yet. Say, he's picked up a red card in, in between some of those and missed some games. <laughs> yeah. Still, good points for Hull, though. Yeah, very good. That um, Ndoye looks like a very good signing. Desperately but, needed points for Hull. Yeah, picked up from... Uh, was it Locomotive Moscow? And him and Jelovic are looking... Okay, they've formed a handy partnership just at the right time as well because it's given yeah, them a what, bit of distance, four points. This is what they did last season, isn't it? With with um, Jelovic and Shane Long. Mm. They need to they need to put, put together a strike partnership that can blossom for more than three months. Okay, right. Sunderland West Brom, that was nil-nil. We've covered that one. Um, Everton Leicester. Talk us through it, Adam. Um, painful. Um, it was a painful first half, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, if someone could tell me what they've done with the real Tim Howard, that'd be great. The whole real Everton, surely. What is wrong with them this season? You've won the same amount of games as QPR. <laughs> it was it's Everton, they look like Wigan at the back. You know, in the Martinez era, era, but they've got a bit more about them going forward, thankfully. That's accurate. <laughs> um, and I d- it's strange because you, where does that come from? Because it hasn't come from a change of personnel. Um, Is it a change of style? I don't necessarily. Bob, how much? How many different styles are there to defending? <laughs> it seems. It, um, Tim Howard has been in some very poor form recently. Um, it seems to be, I don't want to say regressing, but he was particularly error prone against Leicester. The, the, the first goal where he, he parries the ball out into John Stones, which then falls to, falls to, um, Nugent and then gets caught under a cross. And it was just, he, you lose any sort of um, sense of reliability you get in him. And you see how that can affect a defence, just looking at Liverpool, when you think of that form that Mignolet was going through, whether that that was what was having a, such a, a detrimental effect on the whole of their, Liverpool's back line. Perhaps, perhaps that's it. We've, we've got our first-choice defenders back now. We should be playing better, but there's just no confidence. And I think we look a lot better when we changed and went to playing um, a straight 4-3-3 instead of playing with um, the 4-2-3-1 because I think that Barkley and Naismith get in each other's way sometimes. But the quality of our wing play from last season, Tom, is what's gone down as well for me. Are you in a a relegation fight yet? Six points above? Just only Colin thinks that. (laughs) One win in in ten, though, and that was against Palace. You're forgetting about the beating we handed out to young boys. Well, that, that's what I was going to mention, Adam. Is that in in Europa League, you look quite handy. Fourteen to one to win it. You're going to progress to the next round. You'd hope so. It's it's not at all imaginary to think that Everton could win the Europa League. They're not going to do anything else in in the Premier League. So 
go for it. Well, I think that's been Martinez's focus all along, and and that's where his best results have been this season. If you look that he he's he, he he's done the double over Wolfsburg, who are currently sitting only seven points off Bayern Munich in the Bundesliga. Can, can I just say a few words on on Leicester? Of course, you can. You can get six to four on Leicester to finish bottom of the Premier League. That that's good odds. And they're five points adrift. I mean, I mean, if we if we look at the table, they've got eighteen points. What do we say safety's going to be? Thirty six. So um, I think it could be quite a low total this year. So, I mean, I, I think about, is a low total though. I think about thirty four could do it. Really, I mean, I mean, if you look at the, they played twenty six games and got twenty two points. If they're getting less than a point a game and there's no twelve games left, strange things start to happen though around this time. Teams start beating each other. Teams start beating teams at the top. This is where a lot of the teams down at the bottom pick up a lot of points. Well, think... and some of them are going to play each other, so. Exactly, yeah. All it takes for one of them to win that game, and they've got three points. Is obviously quite it doesn't take you don't have to pick up many wins to get you past those markers. I've I still think thirty six is considered generally quite low as it is. I mean, if if we go with thirty six, then Leicester are going to need eighteen points from twelve games, and eighteen points is the equivalent of six wins. Fair enough. Okay, you can throw draws in there as well, but um, they've only won four all season. They've got to be doomed, surely. It's another today was another case in point of you know they they played well, they looked like they were going to get something out of it, but it all came unravelled and they, they still managed to throw away a winning position. I don't think they I don't think they're doomed at all. I think they've shown enough in some game that they've got enough to win games. They've been showing that, that since August, though. Yeah, nothing's changed. But Sunderland, Sunderland have won four games and they're in 16th. I, I disagree. I hear a lot of people talking about Leicester saying that they've, they've is it that they've lost is it all of their games or most any of them they've lost have only been by one goal. But I still just think they're really poor. I'm not I, saying they're not poor. I'm saying that there's a lot. There's about seven or eight teams that are poor. They, I'm saying they've got enough in them to beat some of the teams around them. Do you not think? Could you not make how many of those teams around them? Could you make the same argument for? Exactly. I'm not five saying they stay up. I'm saying five points got... is a lot to pick up. Oh yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying they will stay up. I'm saying they could, and they've got the potential to win some games. Whereas you see a team like Villa, and you think you can't see where a win's coming from. Yeah, Villa are four points ahead of them. And when's the last time they won a game? Well, they're both in a similar stinky boat, aren't they? I mean. The only thing I'd say is that I mean I think I think Burnley are going to struggle as well, but at least with Burnley I think you see a little bit more fight about them. Um, they're poor as well; they're a poor team as well, like Leicester. But they just seem to have that bit more fight about them than than I see from Leicester. Let's not all of a sudden forget that QPR aren't really shit as well. They're in there, yeah. And Sunderland are a sinking ship of a side. They really are abysmal. I think it's three or five, I think. Sunderland, QPR, Burnley, Villa, Leicester. Three of them. It's difficult to argue with that. Let me just have a look at the table to see whether you think anyone else could get dragged in. So you Hull, think, you think Hull, 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 
Howard, all right, a five and a half. Well, don't take West Brom out of there just yet. Nah, Pulis has got him sorted. He's got them defensively stable. I think that's the Premiership done, isn't it? Do you want to do some Championship talk, Colin? Yeah, well, uh, just a little bit on Leeds. Um, the Championship was batshit crazy. It is every week. Again. Yeah. Is this what I've missed? I've just looked at it one week and this isn't normal. You're missing out on all this uh, it's league action every now. week. You're going to have to start following the uh, Football League. <laughs> No, it's, it's, it, I mean, just just from Leeds' perspective, uh, I mentioned that they were the, the, currently the form team along with uh, Arsenal, and this is a team that not so long ago was teetering on relegation. Um, beat Middlesbrough, who were top of the table. Um, Middlesbrough themselves, coming into that game, were, had won five out of five. Um, cracking result for Leeds. Brilliant. Um and yeah, as Adam, as you say, yeah, the championship is crazy. Um, and I'm just saying that you can still get uh, 100 to 1 on Leeds to get promoted. Can you still get that even after them winning yesterday? Or... You're running out of bookies to go with, but I saw I saw Bet365 yesterday offering 100 to 1, but Skybet dropped from 100 to 1 to 50 to 1. 15 points off the playoffs. 15 points off the playoffs, yeah. You're crazy, Colin. A, a, <laughs> a, a massive ask, but... Um, no, honestly, just watching Leeds at the moment, there's, there's no sign that they're going to get beat by anybody. Um, everybody keeps thinking that, oh, well, the next game Leeds going to get beat, the next game Leeds going to get beat. But it, it's, it's just not happening. And um, I think Leeds play Brighton on Tuesday, um, and you can get 3-1 to one on, on Leeds to, to win that. And, and Brighton are not performing brilliantly. Twentieth. Um, so, yeah, leads a good value for betting wise. Well, no, they're not good value, are they? Because they're not going to make up fifteen points. No, no, I mean, I meant against uh, against price. Brighton. Against Brighton. Oh, I see, okay. so, yeah. So, is this is this the start of um, teams starting to choke at the top? Middlesbrough, Bournemouth. They just got away it. with it, though, didn't they? You see, yeah, but you see it every year in the Championship, don't you? The teams being at the top for a majority of the season and then keep falling away. It always used to be Cardiff. And this, you've got, it's going to happen to one of them every season. I personally think it might get a bit too much for Bournemouth. I think, I think a I lot of them said play it could be the start of Bournemouth's, Bournemouth just falling away a bit. I think there's a couple of sides that are starting to pick up a bit of form behind them as well the likes of Norwich who are starting to put a run of games together Norwich and, and Watford breathing down the neck well Norwich hammered Watford at Vicarage Rodri yesterday 3-0 um, but before that Watford have been in fantastic form so you've got a couple of sides there that are looking in good nick and Ipswich are, are just being very workmanlike and picking up points as and when they need them uh, so it could it could turn out to be quite an exciting race for promotion because if Brentford in seventh, they're only five points behind Middlesbrough in second. So I completely agree with you, Tom. I think I think sometimes certain teams can choke when they get to the top, um, and I think also that 
this season's been a little bit different in the championship because you've got no runaway leader. Um, they're, they're all, as you just said there, Greg, so close. Um, that any sort of dip in form and you could drop straight out of it. So what do you you see happening, then, Greg? Do you see Bournemouth choking to the extent that they... Uh, in the, even in the playoffs, come May. No, or? I think they'll be. I think they'll be in the playoffs. I think promotion, uh, automatic promotions, a step too far. I think. I personally think the top two at the moment, Derby and Middlesbrough, they'll be the two that. Uh, I think. Go up I think Derby have shown enough that they'll put on a decent run of form in the next few weeks. I think they could start the league. Or start promotion at least. I think. I think a team like Norwich, um, if they finish strongly, I think they'd be the the favourites to go up through the playoffs. From the little that I see, top, um, Derby seem to show the fight in in each game to try and get that that result. They, they this from looking at them, they seem to get a lot of points coming from behind, which I think just goes to to back up what Tom said. And it's a good job they've got their uh, a striker on loan from Aston Villa to score all their goals. There's uh, Villa Villa scoring so many. <laughs> Who's that, Tom? Darren Your favourite. Darren Bent's banging them in for Derby. Oh, yeah. Every week at the moment. At least Villa will have a proven championship striker next season when they're plying their trade at home to Rotherham and the like. How about League Two, Greg? Uh, t- tell me about a a team flying up the league beginning with P. Wow. Plymouth had a good one result. Again. Yeah, Plymouth won. <laughs> the, the Devon Derby 3 1. Um. No, Portsmouth um, scored six away from home for the first time since 1963. Raining goals. And I was there to witness it. After scoring six away from home all season, they scored six in a game. There have been two goals in the last four Portsmouth games. I'm struggling to comprehend what I saw. I still hasn't gone in. in I just got worn out of celebrating in the end. I was just bored of it. And by the time the sixth went in, it was like it was like watch, I watched it on the football league show. It was like Sunday league, wasn't it? It just every it just looked so easy to score a goal. It was the the Portsmouth front three were just that uh, Cambridge had no answer. Ryan Taylor was too you know powerful and won everything. Jeb Wallace was unplayable. He was too quick, too skillful, and Matt Tubbs was too clever, just making runs that they couldn't. It's just so so frustrating. That have been so terrible all year. And then in one game, we just show how easy it is. So we're up to the dizzying heights of 14th in League 2. Mm. Only 12 points off the playoffs. Only I wonder what odds you can get on us. Well, you, I'm also noticing you've got a game in hand. If you win that, you're nine points off the playoffs. Mm. Off Bury in seventh. I, I still think that we're far too inconsistent. You know, we can play like that. Away from home, we get, you know Cambridge haven't been particularly great recently. You know they've lost four of the last six, um, but we're still capable of. You know we've got Tranmere on Tuesday night in our game in hand, and you know, they're twentieth, and we're still very capable of losing that. So, so, so what what is the fans' view on Andy Orford? Because he seemed to be all set for the guillotine, and you were already given the chop, and then. He stayed on. Things have turned around. Is he a good guy again? I don't um, think you can really say they've turned around. It's a few games. Um, he's starting to win a few rounds. I'm personally 
still a little fairly sceptical about his managerial abilities. Um, I think we I'd need to see a level of consistency in performance, tactics, team selection until the end of the season to maybe think, yeah, this is the this is the bloke that's going to lead a promotion charge next season. And, we're but, fin- finally playing a team where we're not changing the formation and five of the starting lineup every week. We're actually picking a team. It's the same every week, same formation, and it's not rocket science. If you pick it, keep picking it's the same team, they're going to gel and start playing fairly decent. I think that showed yesterday with the Tubbs hadn't scored one one in six after his his uh, you know his big league no a big move for League Two. Um, just the top goal scorer in the league coming to us, um, but you could finally see that him and Ryan Taylor had formed you know, the partnership that he had with Akinfemera at AFC Wimbledon earlier in the season. Um, and you know, I think I'd, it can't be a coincidence that we've gone four unchanged and these kind of partnerships are starting to develop. Anyone fancy a quiz? Take it away, Colin. You know we do. <laughs> it's a welcome return. To you tweet the uh, popular game show uh, where we select uh, random tweets from the Man on the Post team um, and we have to guess who said them. So, without further ado, let's just crack away and get into this. Um, this first one, uh, you, you might have a few hints on who this is uh, because of some of our prior chat today, uh, but I thought it was a great tweet, so it deserves a mention. Jose is going to do an Ashley Barnes on Ben Shepherd in a minute, and I am fully in support of this. Who tweeted that? Greg. He's going to do a what on him? Ashley Barnes. Oh. Yeah, that's why I assume that's got to be Greg then. It might have been. It is Greg. Would have been great television, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but would, have, would Ben Shepherd have pushed him to the floor after? Ben Shepherd ain't got that about that much about him. We, we've seen him in Soccer Aid. You know, he's he's a fairly calm bloke on the football field. Right then, next one. Just used raspberry and vanilla shower gel, and now I'll be honest, I smell fabulous. Who tweeted that? Hmm. Elton John. No, this is actually one of us. AKA Ross Bell. Yeah, I was gonna say one of us or. Is it anyone from the Man on the Post team? Anyone from Man on the Post? Yeah, it's definitely Ross. Really? Yeah. I'm not going to waste your time. It is indeed Ross. Okay, let's move swiftly on to the next one. Quite a short tweet, this one. Silence is better than this. Hashtag Keown. <laughs> oh, that could be anyone. Anyone's ever watched football. Anyone tuned into BBC One on Monday? But who was it? It was uh, Adam. I reckon it was Adam, yeah. Yeah, it was me. It was you, Adam. Good tweet. Right then, who said this? First half assessment. Where shit. Their shit. The pitch is shit. Andy Orford is shit. Phil Brown is shit. The ref is okay. <laughs> The ref was quite good, actually. Don't give it away, Greg. Sorry, sorry. 
It was 50-50, wasn't it? Let's be honest. Okay, shall we uh, have a final one? Yeah. I've managed to cut my finger on a twiglet. How is that even possible? Such an oath. That's definitely gone. Well, it's a finger related injury. It was indeed Tom. If there's a tweet about getting injured, it's going to be me, isn't it? I'm not sure you can call that an injury. Well, a minor inconvenience. <laughs> okay, so uh, yeah, we'll wrap that up, and uh, that's this week's edition of uh, You Tweet. Okay, and with that round of You Tweet. I think it's time to end the show. I don't think any of us have got anything to plug this week, so you can get rid of us right now. We, we, we won't drag out this goodbye. You know, we don't want things to get emotional, so it's a goodbye from Colin. Goodbye. It's goodbye from Tom. Goodbye. Goodbye from Adam. Bye. And it's goodbye from me. And always remember to keep your mouth on the post. No, have I your mouth on just... the post. How have I got it wrong? That's terrible. <laughs> I've got... <laughs> Always remember to have your man in the place. This is Steve. This is why Ross does it. Ross Ross is leaving that in. This is why Ross does it. I don't know what I'm saying. It's the end of half term. I'm becoming delirious. (laughs) I just implore everyone else, anyone who might still be listening, to um, to just wish Ross good to get well soon on Twitter because, you know what, this, this cold is a son of a bitch. Yeah. Hashtag get well soon sniffles. Yeah, he's pray for Bell. His his beard's got tonsillitis. Imagine that. Imagine if beards have tonsils. Terrifying. Hang in there, Ross. <laughs> right. On that note. Right. Are we all I done? Have, <laughs> I haven't done any lesson plans, so oh. I've got to go and do them. So you've had all half term and you've left it till Sunday. Yeah. I didn't intend to. But it's like I you're. Did. It's like you're genuinely back at school and haven't, and you've just remembered you've got homework for Monday. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's either do them now or I go in and just try and make it up as I go along. Mm. Can't you just like wheel a TV into the room? <laughs> I was like, about to say, isn't isn't that when it's video watching day? Yeah. Yeah, I could I could just make it. We're we're contextualising all your forthcoming assignments and we're going to watch a, the Lord of the Rings trilogy <laughs> for, for today and tomorrow <laughs> that might or just, be an option is, is it a film class then is it Greg creative media well maybe you'll just be able to find like some fu- just spend the day showing them funny YouTube videos from the Oscars oh yeah good shout I might just I might, I might there must be like a there'll be a stream of it won't there that I can just replay them so, yeah it's all, be... it's all educational yeah they've got, they've got to learn somehow <laughs>